focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Damon Dale. You asked for the shout out. Here it is, my man. Thanks for watching on NGBN.TV, therubiomethod.com, Spotify, YouTube, Google, Amazon, wherever you can get your podcast. That's where you're going to see. Welcome to the Rubio Method. I am Chris Rubio, along with Nicholas Monahan. We have a fantastic show for everyone. This is episode 24. You're going to love the guest. If this is your first time watching, welcome. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We've got an intro segment, Monahan, the Minute with Monahan, followed by some email questions, a little bit of a break. It's a refresher, do what you got to do. Then we're going to have an interview segment, another break. And then we're going to have the bottom line. That's just all the stuff that you should have learned without even realizing you learned it. On today's episode, we are going to be covering the following. What Monahan and I would buy if we had a lot of money. Our favorite dad jokes. If we have ever had food poisoning, how to trick yourself. Does everyone get nervous? Is poutine really as bad as I say it is? John Favreau in the show Friends and hitting the bottom and rising from the ashes. All that and much, much more on the Rubio Method. Christian, I'm out. Focus. Focus up. I'm talking to you, Jeff, out in North Carolina. Thanks for all that you do for the Rubio Method. We really, really appreciate it. My main man, Monahan. Minute with Monahan. Talk to me, Daddy. All right, let's dive on in. Today, we've got five sneaky ways for you to relax your mind. Guys, it is super important that we relax our minds. So let's get five easy, sneaky, fast ways to ease our mind and relax. Number one. Hey, this goes without saying, go ahead, put those sneakers on, get your Air Monarchs cooking, and go outside and take a walk, right? Uh, taking a walk is awesome, super relaxing. It allows you to breathe fresh air and step away, whatever it is that's making you stressed out. Number two is calling a good friend. Uh, if you haven't noticed by now, communicating with your friends is such a big deal, and it just helps your, your mental state so many times. Make sure it's a friend that you know that's gonna uplift you and not stress you out more, but call your friend. Number three is, kinda goes without saying too, is hit the gym. Hey, I love like just getting angry music on and just hitting the gym hard. Man, nothing relaxes me more than that. Number four, this is crazy. And I, I used to be so out on this for a long time, but taking a bubble bath, is a sneaky way. Hey, I listen, I know my wife got me into it. I support the whole thing. And <laughs> last but not least, on those lines, Rubio, I know you like this one because we've talked about it before, but fellas, it's time to take care of yourself. Go on a spa day. I'm telling you, go to the spa. Go ahead and get you a manicure, pedicure, whatever it is. It's not just for the ladies. Fellas, you go ahead and do it. And that's five sneaky ways for you to relax your mind. Monahan, I'm into all of those, especially the Manny Petty. I love when my hoofs get rubbed. Very phenomenal, especially if they go like up the cab and they start massaging. That's great. The bubble bath, I'm X name. Monahan, I want you to think about when you're in a bubble bath, you're sitting in your own filth. <laughs> <laughs> if you can drain the water and then like rapidly increase it, that might be phenomenal, but you're just <laughs> sitting in your own just disgustness. 
It, it, I, I was out for a long time, but after I ran a half marathon, my wife had me go in the bath. It's nice. <laughs> and then there's the whole issue. If you don't have a normal size tub or even a bigger size tub, someone my size, you're kind of like a beached whale in there. You kind of feel like a manatee trying to get out. There's a whole separate issues. Monahan, let's move on. What email questions do you have for us? <laughs> that is awesome. Yes. Uh, okay. Really good ones today. I love them. We got three. Uh, one is from Michelle in Champa Bay, Tampa, Florida. Um, she says, let's say you recently came across a massive amount of money and you have to spend it on yourself. What are you getting? I'll take this one first. Uh, I'm getting motorcycles. I have a Harley. I talk about it all the time. It's nice out right now. So I got to ride it today. It was fantastic. So a brand new motorcycle, more tattoos. Uh, Friday 13th's coming up and I know a lot of tattoo shops have sales. So daddy's going to get inked up this weekend. And then uh, guns uh, probably is my, my other one. Just all that kind of stuff. <laughs> what about you, Rubio? Monahan, when you brought up the Harley, it reminded me of that. Mu <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bring it up I again, wore that bad. jacket that I got <laughs> from there today. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did. Me too. Um, if I had money and then I had to spend it on me, no doubt I would hire the world's best chef. And I would tell him, I want you to cook me or make me, bake me. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Healthy items or good tasting items that are healthy. I don't care how you do it. Just make it happen. I want ice cream. I want pizza. I want cheesecake. I want donuts. Make them healthy. I don't have care if you have to use like the wing of a bat or something. Just make it healthy. Monhan, what's number two? That that is good. Number two. Oh yeah, Daddy. Yeah, mandatory. We got Rich from San Antonio, Texas. He says, since you guys are both fathers, are you guys into telling corny dad jokes? Rubio, do you want to take that one first? I have a plethora. A large amount of dad jokes, and right now is is my sweet spot of a season because I love when we're driving around and you see a nativity scene. I will just yell out Jesus, and everyone says, "What? What? What, what is it? What is it?" I go, "No, no, it's, it's Jesus." <laughs> That's awesome. I'm definitely putting that in my pocket. You take that one, my hand. Yes, I love dad jokes. I love dad jokes situationally, where like if you see something just like you're saying, is like whenever you could get a little situational dad humor in there, light me up. My favorite one is my wife's family's from Minnesota, uh, and uh, every time I see a lake, I go, "Look, what are the ten thousand right there?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> yes. All right. Last question. You guys are always talking about food. Yeah, we're thick puppies. We get it. Uh, says, uh, so I have to ask, have you ever had food poisoning? This is from Jason in Rancho Cucamonga, California. I'll hop into that one first. I don't think I ever have, which is outrageous because I love sushi. Um, I'm, I think I may have once, but then I wasn't sure. But No, you, you, would, you would know, Monahan. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I hear. So, no, I have not. And I've, I eat all kinds of outrageous foods. What about you, Rubio? I had it once. Um, before I get in that story, don't forget you can email us all these great questions, Rubio at the Rubio method.com. That just came to me. I had it once me and a couple of buddies were driving from LA to Lake Havasu, basically in the middle of the night, we stopped at some random Taco Bell. My buddy was ordering and he was being stupid, saying stupid things that young, stupid people will say. And I'm pretty sure they poisoned the food on purpose. And by the time we got to Lake Havasu, Arizona, I was going out of every single end. 
And I'm telling you, at one point, I, I think I puked so hard. And this is, I, I don't even know how it happened, but I'm pretty sure it did. I puked and it made a right turn into the bathroom, into the toilet. I'm sticking by that story. So, yes, I've had food poisoning. Taco Bell, you got me. Um, it, it was very, very rough, but I survived. Monan, we are done with this segment. We've got a great, great interview coming up. Everyone be ready. Christian, I'm out. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. And now, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading at unitedthroughreading.org. Focus. Focus up. I'm talking to you, Zach, out in Seattle. Go Hawks, my man. Thanks for watching on NGBN.TV, TheRubioMethod.com, Spotify, YouTube, Google, Amazon, wherever you want to watch or listen. Like I said, I always like watching on YouTube. It's great to see Monahan's facial expressions and my eye rolls. Welcome back to The Rubio Method. This is episode 24. We have a phenomenal guest. He is the main man that started this whole thing. Give it up for Ian Hill. Ian, welcome to The Rubio Method. Hey, Mr. Rubio. It is a pleasure to be on your Rubio Method show, the flagship show of NGBN TV. Flagship show. Yeah, that's and one of those things that, right now. Yeah, you, you told me that, that every, after the fact. You realize that every <laughs> of the every one of the shows that I'm on on the NGBN network, I say that. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was not notified of that until about six months deep into it. I'm just thinking, oh, we're going to doing this, and then you're like, oh, by the way, you're the you're the you're the basically the guinea pig. I'm like, oh Jesus, okay, here we go. Well, you know so, what, you uh, you've done a great job, and twenty congratulations on 24 episodes. That's pretty exciting, and yes. um, I think you're doing amazing, and I think you're making a significant impact for people. And thank so you very thank much. you for all that you've done and that Monahan has done. And of course, behind the scenes, Christian, who was always the consummate professional. And then Jeff that does the uh, post-production. I think you guys have put on an amazing show and it's, it's gained reach and it's impacting people for sure. I, I, I couldn't agree anymore with you, Ian. So let's find out who Ian is. I have him as the CEO of NGBN.TV. He's a humanitarian, a business leader, an award-winning social innovator. He's the world record holder for longest speech, 51 hours plus. I think I got that right. He started the Let Them Be Kids initiative, which built playgrounds in areas of extreme need that impacted over 170 communities across North America and all the way to Africa. And he's currently trying to be the world's oldest Division I football player long snapper. So welcome, Ian. You know what? Two things. Thank you. And um, don't hold the world record for the world's longest speech anymore. That was broken. And uh, yeah, NCAA Division One, oldest man to ever play college football. And my Got position it. is long snapper. Got it. Not That's just good. the oldest long snapper, right? Yeah, I got yeah. you. I got you. Yeah. So I got a couple quick hitters for you, Ian. Number one, you seem like you're pretty darn calm all the time. When was the last time you were nervous? Um, uh, last time I was nervous was calling my ex-wife to <laughs> work out some challenges. <laughs> That's that, was a good one. The, that was the last time I was nervous. 
<laughs> that, that's going to hit home for a lot of people. That's going to hit home yeah. for a lot because, of people. Because you know, you, 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 you're going to come in, you're going to come in strong. You're going to come in hard. And then you realize, crap, she knows where the skeletons are buried. I better be careful. So yeah, that was the last time I was nervous. That's a good one. The last couple of weeks of the show, we've been talking ca- Canadians and Canada and food, and you've kind of backed something that you know I don't. Do you really like poutine? You know what? I've uh, had a company in Canada for 18 years, and I've been in probably, well, over 500 Canadian communities. And um, it is definitely something that grew on me over the 18-year period. Like I was not down for cheese curd. I was not down for gravy on my fries, but today I love it. I love it. I know you give it the thumbs down. We already have this discussion online or on, uh, <laughs> on LinkedIn, but I would just say this. It is definitely something that grows on you over time. And here's the other thing. When you're in rural Alberta or rural Saskatchewan or rural wherever in Canada and it's the main thing on the menu. Guess what? Yeah. You like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess you got to do it. Yeah. On the opposite note of that, name one of the best meals you've ever had. Best meals I ever had. So uh, I'll do dishes. Uh, mushroom ravioli at La Strada's at the El Dorado Hotel Casino in Reno, Nevada. One of the finest dishes in the world. Voted one of the top 65 restaurants in the world and uh mushroom ravioli from Estrada. a uh in portland there's an ice cream shop lavender peach ice cream homemade lavender peach ice cream unbelievable and then anytime that i'm whining and dining a lady and uh i make uh chicken parmesan there you go (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay. So if I ever have you up here, I'm not a lady, but I can, I, I you, you can cook me some chicken parm. I, I love a good chick parm. Yeah. So the, the, the perfect date meal is chicken parm with uh, some mussels, nice little salad, and then finish it with uh bananas, foster flambe. Jesus. Okay. Well, yeah, I would have said chef boy RD, but you got me on that one. Ian, yeah. when I first met you and started to dig a little bit about, okay, who is this Ian Hill guy? You reminded me a lot of the John Favreau character in the show Friends. Remember that <laughs> character where the dude is like a multi-billionaire and he's just, he wants to become the ultimate fighter and he's just getting his ass kicked left and right, left and right. And then finally Monica's like, dude, are you going to quit? He's like, am, am I the ultimate fighter? And she's like, no, 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 you're not. And he goes, well, then I'm not quitting. My, my question to you is, where do you get your drive? You're, you're diving into so many different things. Where do you get your drive? Um, I think like a lot of people, the deep driving forces or motivators come from pain mm-hmm. or they come from trauma or difficulty. As a young person, I, I uh, went through a lot of challenges, as many people do. It's not unique to me but went through a lot of challenges and then you just have to decide whether you're going to, whether you're going to persevere or whether you're going to quit. Certainly athletics played a significant role in my development as a young person, the coaches. Um, I didn't really have parents. I was adopted. And then my adopted mother died when I was five. I, I found her. Um, I went to wake her up for dinner and she had had a heart attack. Uh, and at the age of five, I dealt with death. And, 
and then my adopted father for whatever reason left when I was 13. And so it was really coaches that raised me and, and they really instilled, they utilized athletics as a, as the vehicle to develop the intangibles that make a person successful in life. And one of those intangibles was don't quit. And it's funny that you, that you asked this question because it's a poem, a poem that I repeated over and over and over again, lonely by myself, moving from home to home, I would just repeat this poem that I had heard from a coach and many of you are very familiar with it. You know, when things go wrong as they sometimes will and the road you're trudging seems all uphill when the funds are low and the debts are high, when you want to smile, but you have to sigh when the cares of this life are pressing down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. So the drive comes from a desire to ensure that nobody goes through the crap and the challenges that I went through. That's why we built all those playgrounds because I knew what it was like to not play. And that's why we opened the school for kids that were credit deficient because I remember what it was like to be in special classes. And now the reason that we're trying to break the world record uh, as the oldest man to play division one college football to bring light to the alarming suicide rate amongst middle-aged men is because I went through deep depression. And so I think life gives us challenges and then we can either work through them and then shine the light on others or they can take us in a ditch. Okay. So you've had a wild life. I mean, from, I think you were, where, where were you born? Just give me that bit and I'll go from there. Sure. I was born in Iran. Okay. So you were in, born in Iran and right. then I'm, I'm going to go from there. So you're born in Iran. Someone basically bought you for two cases of beer or was it whiskey? Two cases of scotch actually. Scotch. The, a United States Air Force sergeant and his wife purchased me on the black market as an infant and brought me to the United States. So I'm lucky to be free. Okay. Bought you for two cases of scotch. You're lucky to be free. You've had ups. You've had downs, divorce. You've had successes. You've had failures. I want to talk about your failures. What sure. gets your ass out of bed after each failure? Because getting out of bed when everything's going well, is it's so easy. You're floating to the bathroom. You're floating to get your coffee. But when life hits you hard and you've been hit hard, how do you get out of bed? What motivates you? I think, you know, you asked me a real question, so I'll give you a real answer. There's been times when it's been difficult. I mean, there's been times when, I didn't shower for a week. I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't get out of bed. That, um, you know, I didn't think life was really worth living because I was such an F up. That's what I would say to myself, that I had, I had screwed up so badly and I had messed up so badly. And I had repeated the same patterns. And it's two things. And we mentioned one of them. One I couldn't believe that whether you want to say God or the universe, I'll say God. I couldn't believe that God would have had these people buy me on the black market and, and bring me to the United States for me to be an F up. Mm -hmm. So I better get out of bed and try to win. And then secondly, all of the people that believed in me, there was a coach. His name was Bill Bell. He was a, a phenomenal legend in Tucson, Arizona, first African-American teacher in the Tucson Unified School District. He wrestled at the University of Arizona. He was a two-time All-American. He's a physical specimen. And he always told me I'd do something great with my life. I mean, like regularly tell me, you're gonna do something great with your life. Even when I was getting kicked out of school, you're gonna do something great with your life. And 
So somewhere down deep inside, you know, you don't want to let that guy down. Now he passed away before he saw any of the cool things that we ever did, but it just shows the power of one person speaking destiny into your life and believing in you. So I think it's the combination of those two things that I must be destined to do something of significance. Mm -hmm. And secondly, there was somebody that believed in me and I can't let them down. And so that just keeps going. And so you don't, you know, you get up and try again, you know, you get up and try again. I like that. It comes back to like what I always say is everything happens for a reason. And, you know, and it's just one of those, whether it's God, the universe, whatever you got, it, it's, it's going to come back around and you got to think that you're on this big, big ball moving around. It, it, you got to have a purpose for being here. And whether it's, you know, to not, a, I don't want to say impress a coach, but to, to kind of just lean, he's leaning on you, you're leaning on him. And a lot of times, and this is what's so great about athletics, how much they help so many people. Yeah, for sure. When I think I'm, I'm sure you had coaches like this too. They instilled in you when your legs were burning and your lungs were on fire and you felt like you had a refrigerator on your back and mm -hmm. somehow you just kept going. And, and I always think about that. I think about running sprints in basketball and I think about, you know, in the weight room in football. And, and when I was, I ran track and I just remember saying to myself, well, at some point they're going to blow the whistle and they'll blow the whistle before I die. Right. Yeah. Like they'll blow the whistle before I die and I'll pass out before I die. Mm -hmm. So just keep going, just keep going, just keep waking up and just keep going. So I think that thankfully, you know, thank the Lord that that, that those lessons have stuck with me. I would prefer that we don't have to come back to those lessons. I would like to yeah. get, I'd like to get out of that. And, um, but you know, I, I, I think that there's significant value in the adversity and the tremendous learnings that can come from the adversity and the adversities and the failures, whether circumstantial or self-inflicted, you know, so many of the challenges that I face have been self-inflicted and, they don't disqualify you for future success and they don't disqualify you for future opportunity and they don't disqualify you. It's not like you get a scarlet letter on your forehead that says loser, mm -hmm. even though you might feel like it, even though you might think it, it doesn't disqualify you for future opportunity. And that's, that's the momentum just get up. And I remember saying to myself at my darkest time, when I wanted to take my own life, just brush your teeth just brush your teeth. That'll be the victory today. Just take a shower, you know, just get out of bed and just five minutes at a time and then 10 minutes and then 15 minutes and then 20 minutes and then 30 minutes and then momentum picks up. And the next thing you know, you're, you're, you know, calling Chris Rubio and saying, Hey, um, will you coach me? Cause you're the best long snapping coach in the world. And I want to be the oldest college football player. And I'm trying to be a long snapper and, and it's just the momentum. So you just, just don't quit. Just don't quit. So to go back, you, you told me the story. Or I've heard the story and you just basically brought it up right now. At one point you, you hit, you hit rock bottom. I mean, it, sure. it was the end. You, you were at the second floor of your home. Your family's downstairs. You walk downstairs and you basically told them, Hey, this is it. I'm going to kill myself. Or I thought about killing myself. What stopped you? What, what, cause you, if you wanted to do it, you could have done it, 
but what what stopped you right there? I didn't want to really die. I didn't want to die. I mean, mm-hmm. I had all planned out, and Christian will understand what I'm about to say. 395 is the road between, it's I-80 now, 5 I-80 or I-580. Between Reno and Carson City, Nevada, it's a really windy and literally blows trucks over, blows trucks over through this valley, Washoe Valley. And I had the plan. I just jerked the wheel on my truck, and I'd fly off into the into the uh, into the field, and I'd die. And you know, it happens all the time. But every time I th- I was ready to do it, I didn't really want to die, but I couldn't continue to live the way I was living. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't about wanting to die. It was just that I couldn't figure out how to overcome the challenges that I faced and the patterns of thinking and patterns of behavior and patterns of communication that I was so deeply rooted in from trauma, from junk, from crap. Um, so ultimately, I didn't want to die. I like living. And I wanted to figure out a way to live, but I couldn't live like that no more. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, through the help and assistance of many, um, we've been able to, to start to work on those patterns of, of thinking and behavior and, and communication to, to create a better life. Yeah, you didn't want to kill yourself. You wanted to kill your old self. Yeah. I, I think I didn't realize it at the time, but looking in retrospect, that's exactly right. I, 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 I love living. I love living mm-hmm. every day. I'm, I'm irrationally passionate about living, but I couldn't live like that no more. I got you. Uh, Ian, you've reinvented yourself a couple of times. You've been a coach. You've worked in casinos. You've been, a, you're obviously still a speaker. You're a football player. You're a CEO. So what advice do you have for middle-aged dudes that want to do the same? Not, not say eight different, you know, they don't have to be a Renaissance man like yourself, but they're going, they're 45, they're 50. And they're like, I, I'm just plowing along here. And I'm just vanilla. I want to go be, uh, what'd you say? Peach latte or whatever. Yeah, I would say this. The thing, the intersection between the thing you're really good at and the thing that gives you a feeling of meaning and purpose, go after that. Mm-hmm. There's something about the skill set that you have. Mm-hmm. Don't walk away from that. Focus on your ability. And then wherever it intersects with the thing that gives you a feeling of meaning and purpose, pursue that. Don't worry about what you can't do. Absolutely do not worry about what you can't do. Focus exclusively on what you can do. And then attack that with every ounce of energy you have. Third, eliminate any negativity from your life. Anybody that wants to continue to put you back in the box of your failure, your challenge, your difficulty, and they want to bring you back to that repeatedly, you're going to have to push them out of your life. Otherwise, you're never going to change because they're never going to let you change. And then finally, surround yourself with supportive people, not people that will just tell you what you want to hear, but people that believe that what you're trying to do is possible and will tell you the truth of how you get there. Those would be the steps that I would take if you were a a man in a rut, if you will, middle-aged rut. That's how I would start to jump out of that rut and get going in life. That's perfect. Ian, where can people find more information about you and your cause right now? Sure. If you want to follow along the journey to be the oldest man to play Division One NCAA Division One college football, season to save a life.org. Season to save a life.org. This is about 
bringing attention to the alarming suicide rate amongst middle-aged men, 70% more likely than any other segment of the population. There's incredible tools and resources on that website. And if you're a man in crisis right now and you're listening to this, 988-988-988. That is the Suicide Lifeline. And they have counselors who are there to support you, to answer your questions, because we're better with you here. If you're not in that level of intense crisis, you can still go to that website because of our partners, um, um, headsupguys.org. There's all kinds of tools and resources and videos and and quizzes that you can take to help you and support you. And then finally, Chris, I just, uh, I, I know everybody else calls you Rubio. I call you Chris. You've been a phenomenal, phenomenal coach. And I think, it's important for the world to know that this man talks to me almost every day, if every couple of days, and he trains me and he, and he guides me and he assists me and he pushes me. And when this world record is reached, which it will be in the fall of 2023, it'll be 100% due to the fact that Chris Rubio was willing to pour himself into me, um, his time, his energy, his talent and his resources. Um, it just speaks to the character of the man that he is. And I thank you for that, Mr. Rubio. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Ian, you were absolutely phenomenal. I knew this would be good and it turned out great. I really appreciate it. Uh, everyone stick around. Remember, if you have any questions for Ian or myself or Monahan, you can email Rubio at the rubiomethod.com. One more segment, the bottom line, Christian, I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> Selfie nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Claire, the finest mechanic in Lewiston, Idaho. Thanks for watching and listening on Spotify, YouTube, Google, Amazon, NGBN.TV, and of course, therubiomethod.com. Welcome back to the final segment. This is the bottom line for all our new listeners and watchers. The bottom line is just basically stuff you should have learned without even realizing you learned it. Number one, sometimes you just need to be like my Aunt Donna. Now, who is my Aunt Donna? She just passed away a couple years back, and she was the nicest, funniest lady you've ever met. She was a little bit dingy, bless her heart, but she was great. What I mean by being a little bit like Aunt Donna, she used to trick herself. Remember Monaghan, he gave us, I think, five ways to trick yourself into doing something. She used to have to take vitamins or something like that, and she used to crumble them up, and you'd see him put, her in, put them in her oatmeal and stir it up. And I go, Aunt Donna, what are you doing? She goes, I have to trick myself, so I'll take the vitamins. And I go, Aunt Donna, you're the one doing it. She's like, oh, I know, but it'll still trick me. So sometimes you just need to be a little bit like my Aunt Donna and kind of trick yourself to get something done the right way. Number two, 
No matter where you start, you can end up where you want to be. Ian is a perfect example of that. He was bought for two cases of scotch, I believe he said, in Iraq, Iran. And now he is a CEO of NGBN.TV. He's worked in casinos. He's done tons and tons of great things, broken, broken a world record, going after another one. He is a doer and a shaker and a mover and a maker. And it's one of those, if he looked at where he started, you would never have guessed he's gotten to where all he's gotten to right now. And the third and final one, yes, you will hit the bottom and you might hit it hard. But remember, the harder you do hit, the higher you can bounce back up. Ian was at the very rock bottom. I mean, it was it. He was walking down the stairs telling his family, this is it. I'm done. I'm going to kill myself. Or I was just trying to kill myself. And as hard as he went down, he came straight back up. And he's even more and more and more successful. He still has to work on it every single day. But the harder you hit on the bottom, the more you're going to bounce back up. That was a phenomenal show, if I do say so myself. Make sure you keep spreading the word about the RubioMethod.com. You can subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and of course, NGBN.TV. Christian, I'm out.